I want to open this episode by walking through an exercise together. So wherever you find yourself, if you're sitting in your car, hopefully not driving, don't drive while you do this exercise, or you're on the couch or in a chair somewhere, I just want you to walk through this with me. The first thing I want you to do is just try to get comfortable where you are, and then I want you to close your eyes. I want you to take a quick breath in and then through your mouth, exhale while you count to four. And as you're doing that, what I want you to do is bring up an image to your mind. I want you to think about something that you are grateful for. That could be a person either currently or in the past in your life, a favorite grandmother, grandfather, parent, best friend, a best friend's family, or your current partner. Or I want you to think about something that brings you a lot of gratitude. Maybe your job, maybe you're really good at your job. And so you're really thankful for your job because you feel like you're hitting all cylinders when you're at work. It's something you take pride in that you're really good at. And so as you're breathing in and exhaling and you bring to mind this thing or this person that you are grateful for, I want you to just notice what's happening in your body. And so what do you feel in your body as you continue to inhale through your nose, exhale through your mouth? And you're bringing to mind this person or this thing that you're really grateful for. What do you feel on the inside? What do you notice? What do you notice in your body? What sort of sensations come up for you when you bring to mind this person or this thing? And then finally, what do those sensations tell you? What is the meaning behind those sensations? What do they mean to you? Okay, that's the end of the exercise. So I want you to open your eyes and we'll continue with the rest of the podcast. Thank you for walking through that with me. And so today, obviously, what we're going to focus on is cultivating gratitude at Thanksgiving. Welcome to Trauma-Free Relationship, a podcast that provides support and guidance to help heal the wounds of attachment trauma. Whether you find yourself struggling with unresolved issues in the past or have experienced trauma in your current relationship, our goal is to provide accurate, scientifically informed information, as well as the tools to help you create a secure connection between you and your partner. And here's your host, Tom Philp. Okay, let's dive in. Uh, I really think it's important to talk about gratitude, especially for individuals and couples who have uh, past trauma. Uh, and of course, I'm talking about relational trauma here. Um, it's really important, I think, to be able to find something that we are grateful for on a daily basis, something either in with our partner or in our work or our best friends. There's lots of research out there that actually shows that uh, being thankful for, for people for even aspects of, of hard events that we've gone through is really healthy for being able to heal trauma. And the fact of the matter is we live in a very negative and cynical world. 
And it doesn't take much for us to think more negatively about people and events. The fact is that we have more negative emotions than we do positive emotions. And so it's much easier for us to uh, gravitate towards negativity than it is to try to look and focus on and cultivate positive things when they're happening. And of course, the more negative we become, the more stressful we become, the more anxiety we have as a culture. And anxiety usually plays out in two different ways. One is it pulls us out of the current moment and it projects us into a future that one, hasn't even happened yet and may not even happen at all. And two, it causes us to catastrophize our circumstances, meaning we tend to make them much worse. Our fears generalize in many ways. And so we catastrophize or we make our anxiety tell us a story that may not even come close to what the reality of that looks like. So when we focus on the negative, it really pulls us out of the moment and obviously has a debilitating effect on us because uh, we resonate that in our bodies and we hold a lot of that negativity. So I think cultivating gratitude is something that's really important, especially in our relationships. We often send signals to our partner when they're getting things wrong, but we often don't let them know when they're getting things right. We might say, thank you for taking out the trash, but that's not really the same as saying, thank you for loving me, even in those hard places and those hard times when I might be hard to love. That sends a very different message about being grateful for that other person. So gratitude in and of itself is just being thankful. It's a quality of being thankful about a person or an event or something. I think about Fred Rogers, Mr. if you've ever watched the Mr. Rogers show, uh, he would always say on his show, my mother told me when something bad happened to always look for the helpers. And I think that is so true that we can have gratefulness and gratitude even in the midst of hurt and pain. Maybe not always in that moment, but when we reflect back on it, we can see moments of where somebody showed up to help or where there was a, and I don't mean this in any sort of pedantic way, but there was a silver lining. Well, if this had happened, it could have been worse, but because this person did this, it actually wasn't as bad as it could have been. So cultivating gratitude is, is a, a, a mindset as much as it is anything else. And I want to dispel a couple of myths here because one is I think when we're cultivating gratitude, it does not mean we're being Pollyannish or we're being naive. We're not glossing over the bad things. We're not saying that those bad things don't exist. We're not minimizing or downplaying them only, only to highlight the positive things. But what we're doing is we're acknowledging that there were good aspects in people. There were positive moments that occurred. There were silver linings in, in what was an otherwise bad event so that we're able to hold both of those in tandem. Both of those together can exist. We can be grateful for something or someone that showed up in the nick of time 
or something that someone did for us and still be able to acknowledge that there was hurt involved in that interaction as well. So I don't think cultivating gratitude is being Pollyannish or naive or just, oh, well, let's just look on the bright side of things or trying to convince ourselves of something that we really don't feel because that's not, that's not gratitude, that's just self-deception. So we don't, wanna, we don't wanna get into deceiving ourselves into believing something that we really don't believe. We wanna be able to look and find aspects of events that may have been hurtful, harmful, but nonetheless had an element or quality that we can also be thankful for. And the fact is in, in our culture, as I've said, we get negative messages all the time. And, and so, especially this time of year, as we head into the holidays, people are always telling us, oh, be grateful. Oh, don't feel this way. Oh, just let it go. And that's just, I, I just, just, it just goes all over me. That just, I, I don't, I have a hard time receiving those messages because everybody is at a different place in their journey of healing. And so telling somebody just to get over it or, oh, just be grateful this time of year is dismissing what they're going through. The fact of the matter is during Thanksgiving, during Christmas, during Hanukkah, during the holidays times, not everybody's in a great place. And so we don't want to be dismissive of that, but we also want to be able to try to show up in a way that they can be grateful for something in their lives during this time of year. So understanding those messages that we're receiving, and I hear that we're not always in a great place. As I said on my last podcast, oftentimes we can be in a place this time of year where we're grieving, we're missing loved ones that have passed and that are no longer around. So I, th I think it's important to be able to cultivate gratitude, cultivate thankfulness for things, while also being able to hold simultaneously that there can be hurts and pains and that those can exist alongside the gratitude that we have as well. So what I wanna do is I wanna walk through in this episode, 10 different ways to cultivate gratitude in our lives. And again, I'm using this word cultivate purposely because I don't want us to I don't want us to think that this is like a light switch that, okay, I'm going to go to bed tonight and I'm going to think positive thoughts. And when I get up in the morning, I will just feel grateful. It doesn't work like that. And, and I'm not naive enough to think that it does. The fact is we have to cultivate it on a daily basis. As I said earlier, this is just as much about a mindset um, change in us, a lifestyle change as it is just trying to, pick out a moment or pick out something or someone that we are grateful for in our lives. The exercise we did in the beginning was really an exercise just to help you get to notice what kind of shifts did you feel in your body? Did you feel a sense of warmth wash over you when you imagined your grandmother in her rocking chair and the smile that she used to give you every time you showed up? Did you have a warmth feeling in your chest around your heart when you walked in the door in the evening 
and your two children just run to you with absolute delight that you're home. Whatever it is that you are grateful for, I want you to try to notice that shift in your body because that is significantly different feeling that emerges and the related meanings that come with that, the stories we tell ourselves about those feelings, then the stress and the anxiety, which we can often hold in our bodies as well. So that was part of that exercise is to get you to notice in your body the shift that happens when we focus on something that we are grateful for. So let's just walk through 10 different ways to cultivate gratitude. And again, I think about this not so much like a light switch where we're going to just turn it on and then turn it off. But I think about it more like a dimmer where sometimes we slowly illuminate and enlighten things inside of us. And so some days it's more bright and we're heading more in the right direction. But we also know that some days it can be dimmed a little bit too. And so what we want to do is just slowly over time, try to move that dimmer switch further and further and further until we're sort of illuminating the room inside of ourselves to be more grateful and to be and to cultivate that those feelings of thanksgiving more. So number one, what can we do to cultivate gratitude in our lives? One of the first things you can do is you can keep a gratitude journal. So you can dedicate a few minutes each day to reflect on the things that you are grateful for. You can write these down three to five things that you appreciate, whether it's your health, your family, maybe it's something so simple as just a nice cup of coffee or a beautiful sunset that you are able to capture on the way home from work. Whatever it is, being able to just capture those moments and recognize them is really very important. And there's a lot of research that says being able to write these things down, there's something important that happens when it goes from being in our head to then going onto paper that somehow makes it more real. And so I encourage you to write it down. So maybe, maybe you don't have a journal. Maybe you keep a folder on your phone or on your computer. And so you type it down that way. That's okay too, I think. But the idea is that you're getting it out. It's now being externalized, being, being taken from something inside of you and being put out into the world um, in a way that you can look and reflect on it and you don't have to try to hold it in your mind all the time. So practicing a, a gratitude journal is a great way to be able to do that. The second thing is practicing mindfulness. Now, this is a word that's thrown around a lot in culture. Uh, mindfulness. Oh, we need to be mindful. Be mindful. Are you a mindful person? <laughs> well, we're not always mindful. But the idea behind mindfulness, if, if you're new to this, is the idea that you're just trying to be present in the moment. It was a lot like this exercise that we did at the beginning. When I asked you to just focus on your body, all I was asking you to do was to focus and be present in the moment on what may be happening as you brought an image to your mind and what might you be feeling in your body as well. So that sort of mindfulness is really important. And um, 
Um, practicing that on a daily basis, even if it's just for three to five minutes, I can really create a big shift over time for you. So you can engage in activities. You can do something formal like meditation or yoga or Tai Chi, uh, but even just simply taking a few minutes each day and noticing your surroundings. And here's the big point about mindfulness. When you are focusing on the present moment, you are doing it without judgment. You are not judging what's happened. You are simply noticing and becoming aware. So in that exercise at the beginning of this podcast, hopefully you were not judging any of those feelings that were coming up. Hopefully you were just being aware of them and of the sensations that you were feeling. And, and if we can begin to separate the awareness of a present moment from any kind of judgment of what's happening, then we can become more responsive to our own feelings and more responsive to the feelings of our partner and ultimately more present and more engaged to our partner as well. So again, this can be something formal that you do on a daily basis like yoga or Tai Chi, or it can just be something you do for three to five minutes as you're driving to work. You turn off the radio, you, you turn off uh, whatever it is you might be listening to, and you just begin to notice the surroundings. Or maybe you take three to five minutes and you just sit in your car before you head into work, before the, the busyness and the chaos consumes you, and you just try to make yourself present in the moment. So that's the second way to try to cultivate gratitude. And I might just add too that you don't have to do all of these. I'm just giving you 10 different ones that are shown over time to be effective. So uh, pick one or two to start with. And of these 10, just pick the ones that, that might even be just the easiest for you to begin with. So let's move on to number three, say thank you. Being able to express gratitude to the people who have made a positive impact on your life uh, is really important. So being able to just say thank you to people. I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate what you do. Uh, I've made a habit myself of any time I meet somebody who served in the military, I want to shake their hand and I want to say thank you. Thank you for your service. Whether I have agreed with the, the plans and the tactics and the engagement itself, what I absolutely do agree and appreciate and have gratitude for is the men and the women that serve, that sacrifice, and the families that sacrifice those men and women that serve in uniform. And so I always want to make sure that I reach out and I say thank you. Sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes you'll see people that are really shocked by that. I had one gentleman one time say that he had never had anybody say thank you for him serving before. I was dumbfounded to hear that. I was absolutely shocked. Other people brush it off. It's hard for them to take in, or maybe they don't feel that they should receive a thank you for that. So people respond in different ways, but I always try to make sure that I say thank you. Um, this can also extend to our first responders. So firemen, um, EMTs, uh, ambulance drivers, um, doctors, anybody like that that's serving on the front lines of things 
uh, even in your own city, deserve a thank you because they are sacrificing. And so finding, finding little ways to say thank you to people, I think is really important. Just letting them know that you see them and that you appreciate the sacrifice they're making and what they're doing. Okay, number four, engage, engage in random acts of kindness. So th this has kind of become a buzzword in the last 10, 15 years, random acts of kindness, but I, I like it. I think it's a positive thing. And essentially it's just doing nice things for others um, that, can, that can have a really positive effect on your own sense of self. It can make you feel like you're giving a little something back. So another term you hear a lot is to pay it forward. So one time I was in line I, I think I was getting a hamburger at McDonald's or something like that. And, and I drove up to the window to pay. And I was informed that the person in front of me had paid for my meal in total. And I was absolutely shocked. And I was humbled by this, even though it was, you know, seven or $8, but I just never expected something like that. And so one of the things I did was I made sure that I turned around and I tried to pay that forward. And you hear that term a lot today too, pay it forward. But I think it's really nice. It's a random act of kindness. If somebody does something for you, try to go and do something for somebody else. Hold the door open for somebody, volunteer your time or donate to a cause that you really care about. Being able to engage in paying it forward or those random acts of kindness, do something deep and fundamental in us. It does something, it changes who we are. And when we cultivate that kind of gratitude and thanksgiving on a regular basis, we, we find that we move into more of a positive place. And I think we find that we actually begin to notice more positive things with people and in the world than we do negativity over time. And again, not because we're just being being naive or Pollyannish, but because we really can begin to notice in the nooks and the crannies uh, of life, the things that show up and the people that show up that can do good. So engaging and giving to others, paying it forward, creating moments of random acts of kindness, I think oftentimes do more for us internally than they actually do for other people. Uh, there's just something profound that happens that begins to change us over time. All right, number five, challenge your negative thoughts. When you find yourself dwelling on negative thoughts, try to reframe them into something more positive. Uh, what good might have come from this situation? What can I learn from this? This is a podcast about couples with past trauma and how that limits their ability to create secure connections. But I wanna tell you that there's always something that couples that sit on my couch are able to say about the relationship, a strength that they have. And there's usually always something, even in the midst of negativity, overwhelming negativity with each other when their needs aren't being met. I'm always able to find something they can say about their partner that is positive, even if it's, well, they're a great mom or a great dad. 
Really, you don't worry about leaving the kids with your husband? Oh, good Lord, no. He's a wonderful father. He's able to care for them in a way that I just, I never worry about that. When I have to travel out of town, that never bothers me. I know the kids were going to be safe and they're going to be taken care of and things are going to run like they need to run with the children. And so there's always something that can come out of this. Even people that have past trauma are able to look back on certain relationships oftentimes and say, you know, that was really, really hard. But looking back on it now, I can see in ways that I grew. I can see in places that it matured me and it helped me overcome certain obstacles or it, it created more resilience in me in certain ways. So being able to challenge our negative thoughts, I think is really important. And again, I'll go back to number four with random acts of kindness. There is nothing that can pull you out of a negative thought pattern than going and doing something kind for somebody else. So I, I really wanna challenge all the listeners to be able to, even if it's something so simple as I said, like holding a door open, it's really important to just get outside of yourselves because one thing negativity does is it locks us inside ourselves. We become self-consumed and, and sometimes selfish, not that we want everything for ourselves, but that everything becomes about ourselves. And so when we cultivate gratitude, what it does is it pushes us outside ourselves to begin to really notice and focus on things that are apart from us, separate from us. And that can have really profound effects on who we are. All right, let's move on to number six, celebrate your accomplishments. One of the things that I said on the last podcast was if you're going to blame yourself for negative things that you've done, then you also have to take credit for the good things that you've done because nobody Nobody is one-sided. We all have aspects of good and bad to us. So even the best people make mistakes. Even the people who might on the surface appear perfect and have it all together. And social media is great about showing this to us because we all wanna project our sense of happiness, our sense of love of life, the wonderful vacations we've gone on. But so much of that is a facade because people are always posting about the negative things in their life. And so when we, when we want to uh, celebrate our accomplishments, we wanna be able to take pride in the things we do well and put ourselves in position of doing things well while also holding simultaneously that, yeah, we've got some areas that we need to shore up. We've got some areas that we need to dive in and try to fix and make a little bit better. But I, as a person, can hold both those together, and I can, I can be proud of my accomplishments, and I can take time to acknowledge my achievements, no matter how small they might seem. And I will appreciate um, what I am able to do, because I've got gifts that the world needs, and I put myself in position to be able to, to provide those gifts to the world knowing that there's also areas of my life that I don't always get right and I mess up and I make mistakes and sometimes I fall down, uh, but I get myself back up and being able to hold those simultaneously, I think is really important as well. 
All right, number seven, connect with nature. Uh, spending time in nature has shown to increase feelings of gratitude. So take a walk in the park, sit by a lake, or simply admire the trees in your neighborhood. This is something, and I don't do it nearly as often as I should, but I've had the great uh, uh, fortune to have a, a park near where I live where I can just walk out my door and I can go walk around the park a few times. And I do this one for, for exercise, but two, on nice days when the sun is hitting my face and there's a gentle breeze, just getting out and feeling that, it really does have a profound effect on my attitude uh, for the rest of the day. So spending time in nature is really, really important. And so if you live near a mountain, if you live near a beach, oh, I envy you, that's wonderful. I'm, I'm landlocked here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so I don't get to those places as often as I would like. But if you do take full advantage of those, because that is great for you to be able to go out and spend time in nature and go camping, even if it's for one night, and just being able to soak up the outdoors. And it really does create important changes inside of us and it connects us to our world in a way that we don't always get when we're locked inside our, our homes or our offices all day and all night long. So be sure and try to get out and connect with nature. Take walks on nice days, go climb a mountain, go walk along the beach and listen to the waves splash in to the shore and then retreat back out into the ocean. So really important to spend some time and connect with nature. Number eight, practice gratitude with others. So this can be as simple as joining a gratitude group or an online community where you can share your gratitude with others. Um, it also helps inspire you and keep you motivated being able to do this as well. So when we cultivate gratitude, we don't wanna do this in secret per se. We want to be able to try to extend that to others. We might even have an accountability partner, right? So if we're going to journal three things that we're grateful for each day, have, have a good buddy or a dear friend text you for a few weeks in the evening and say, hey, did you write three things in your journal? I'm your accountability partner. And you're like, oh, no, I hadn't done that yet. Thanks for the reminder. Or maybe you can work in tandem with somebody. So you're doing this together. So there's a mom, a sister, a brother, a best friend, um, somebody in your life that would love to be able to cultivate this as well. Do it together. There is nothing better than two people coordinating and collaborating on something to help both of them one, hold themselves accountable to doing it, but two, joining in that experience together and processing that experience together. So I really encourage you to practice gratitude with others. Find a way to bring others into it because I think that's really important for one, sustainability, being able to sustain this practice over time because like a lot of things, it can fall off. We can get busy, we can get distracted and pretty soon we aren't noticing the good things and we aren't cultivating gratitude like we wanted to um, in our lives. So having somebody to be held accountable to or to do it with is really important in that process. Okay, number nine, make gratitude a habit. 
And so there's actually been a couple of books uh, on habits that have sort of exploded. Uh, I think on Amazon, you can, you can buy them anywhere, uh, but they really talk about the science of habit and how so much of our behavior is habitually motivated, meaning it is often unconsciously um, controlled. It's because we, we have a cue, then we have a habit or a, a, a performance or a routine that we go through, and then we have a reward at the end. And these books have shown over and over and over how many of our behaviors follow that same pattern. We come in in the morning and we throw our duffel bag uh, in our chair next to our desk and we sit down and the first thing we do is we've been, we go through all our emails and we do that because uh, when we hear the, the um, uh, bag hit the chair that's a cue to us to immediately go and we know we've got tons of emails waiting for us and so that's our cue and then so our routine is to you know, plow through eight, 10, 15, 100 different emails, how many wherever we have. And then when we're done with that, we feel a little gratitude. And so what do we find? We actually go down the hall and we get ourselves a cup of coffee. And that's almost like the reward. And so we've got this cue, we've got a routine, and we've got a reward that creates a habit for us each morning. And it's something we hardly even think about. And so that's just kind of an example of what a habit might be. But try to create a, a habit of cultivating gratitude. So what is a cue for me? Can I create a cue every morning when I get up? Maybe it's a sticky note on the mirror where I wash my face every morning. Or maybe it's something in the car. I turn on to a certain station or I have a song pre-programmed to automatically play as soon as I get in the car. And that's going to be my cue. And then my my, my routine is going to be, I'm going to make sure that I find three things today I can point out to myself that I'm grateful for. And then the reward is in the evening, I'm going to make myself my favorite meal, or I'm going to be able to sit and relax and have a nice cup of tea, or whatever it is that, that the, is the reward for you. Try to create a habit of cultivating gratitude. And journaling is a good part of that as well. So maybe journaling might be part of that. Walking in nature could be part of that routine. Uh, doing it with a buddy, an accountability buddy could be part of that routine. Anything could be part of that routine as long as you have a cue and you have the routine itself and then you have a reward at the end. What you'll find is that over time, this will then just play out automatically. You won't be thinking about this this loop anymore, this uh, feedback loop, if you will, or this habit, this, this full string that happens, you'll just go on automatic. And so cultivating gratitude will be much easier because it will be sort of more ingrained into your subconscious. So number 10, be patient with yourself. I used the metaphor earlier of it's not a light switch. We don't just get up and we turn this on and then we turn it off. Rather, it's really important that we are able to, to be patient with ourselves. Some days we might take a step back. Some days might be a great day where we noticed five things to be grateful for and not just three. And that's all okay. So have self-compassion, cultivating gratitude. It takes time and effort. 
We don't want to be discouraged if we don't see results immediately. Uh, just keep at it, and then over time, you'll eventually reap the benefits of having a more grateful life and being able to notice those moments and those people that you can be grateful for. And I really think what you'll find over time is that you will begin to, again, not in a naive way, but you'll begin to really begin to feel and notice more things in your life and you will project and exude more positivity and have a greater impact on others because you're a person that cultivates gratitude. Well, that's all 10 things. And as I've said, I want you to just be able to pick out a couple of them to start with. Pace yourself, be kind to yourself. And I'll end with this. Uh, I am grateful for you, the listener. Uh, I was not sure about starting a podcast. Uh, I know that they're really popular right now, uh, but I, as I'm, I'm continuing to grow this and as I'm hopefully getting a little bit better at creating a podcast and I'm always striving to figure out how can I create content that's relevant to you, that's important to you, feel free to give me feedback at any time. But I do want to say that I'm grateful to you, the listener, and I really, really, really hope that you guys are getting something positive out of this. So thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Trauma-Free Relationship, a podcast for the healing of attachment trauma. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or our website at traumafreerelationship.com. Be sure to look for our next episode on your favorite streaming service.